0: Is Get the Balance Right, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are totally stressed out over money and managing their busy lives. I'm your host, Heather Zeiswolf, profit advisor and money coach. I help my clients run more profitable businesses. I take the mystery and confusion out of their numbers so they can reach their financial goals. Join us for a holistic approach that supports a healthy lifestyle while obtaining financial freedom. Stop freaking out. It's time to get the balance right. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Get the Balance Right podcast. I am your host, Heather Seitzwolf. I primarily work with creative entrepreneurs as a CPA and profitability coach, and one of the reasons why I love working with creatives, besides being cool, is that they are visionaries. However, sometimes they don't want to deal with the dry, boring details. That's left for the nerds like myself. Yeah. All right. I'm going to tell you the topic for this episode. But promise me that you won't turn it off. Before you start searching for a different podcast, hear me out. Our topic for this episode is life insurance. Did you just sigh, roll your eyes, and go, ugh, just wait, 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 wait. I understand that this topic may seem as dry as a piece of toast sitting out for two weeks on the sidewalk in the middle of the Las Vegas Strip. But I promise you, it won't be that dry. In fact, it's going to be juicy. Okay, so maybe the issue isn't that it's dry, Maybe you think life insurance is way too morbid or depressing because of the whole death thing. Don't worry. We're going to keep it light. Okay, so let's deal with the last possible barrier. You're superstitious. You're afraid you're going to jinx yourself by listening to this podcast. Don't worry. You're not going to die. At least not right this second. I'll tell you what. For those out there that are suspicious, I want you to do this. Spin around three times, tap your hands on your head, and shout out, Out, Jezebel, out! Out, Jezebel, out! All right, now you got no excuse, so let's keep moving on. Besides, the topic of mortality in combination with running your business, it's not new to this podcast. I should remind you that if you are a returning listener to this podcast, then you may remember episode 60 with Mary Beth Simone, where we discussed the importance of contingency plans. That one wasn't boring, remember that? We talked about the need to have processes in place in case of an unexpected death of the business owner so that your clients aren't left unattended without a point of contact. If you haven't heard that one, Please go back and check that one out after you listen to this one. Mary Beth explains how we, as a business owner, can prepare for uncertainty, which includes an illness, death in the family, etc. Then there was episode 59 with Leslie Batten, where we talked about maintaining financial health in your business, which included safeguarding your assets through estate planning, leaving a legacy, and protecting your loved ones from all the possible what-ifs. On this episode, my conversation with guest Daphne Jones really complements those other discussions. If you haven't listened to them yet, I recommend you go back, you check them out after digesting this one. You don't need to listen to them in any certain order. To give you a little background on Daphne Jones, you can find her on social media as the Smart Money Chick. But she's also a life insurance expert, a practicing licensed agent, and a wealthability coach. On top of all that, you will find Daphne on her own podcast with co-host Roberta Ravella on Grown Women, Growing Wealth. I had the pleasure of being on their podcast for episode 39, where we discussed getting radical with your numbers through understanding your financials in your business. Yeah. After this one, and after you listen to my other podcast, go and listen to that one. Episode 39. Okay, great. If you've never heard Daphne speak, you are in for a treat. Not only is she very knowledgeable, but she has such a calming yet assertive voice, which is so great for podcasting. I love her voice. By the way, each week on Clubhouse, you can find Daphne and I, along with our buddy Matt Franklin, doing a room. He's a fellow podcaster and financial nerd. We host an event in the Gen X Money Club where the topic changes every week, but it's always finance related. Like we did one on Bitcoin and we're doing the next one on real estate, but we'll announce a week ahead what the financial topic is. So come and hang out with us sit back or take the stage to ask questions or join in on their conversation. In the show notes, you'll see all the links for all the stuff I've just talked about, including the date and time for the Clubhouse Room. And if you don't know about Clubhouse, come find me on Instagram, DM me, and I'll give you the lowdown. Moving on, before we dive into the topic with Daphne, I want to make sure that you're aware of the two broad categories of life insurance. One is term insurance, which provides a benefit for a set period of time once the policy owner passes. That means died. The second one of these broad categories of life insurance is cash value insurance, which provides a death benefit and an investment all wrapped up together into one product. Because you can get lifetime coverage, that type of insurance is also known as permanent or whole life insurance. After listening to this podcast, if you're interested in getting life insurance, be sure to find a professional, someone who can help you decide which option is best for you, term or life. One last caveat about the topic of life insurance. There is some debate in certain circles of financial advisors, gurus, and other self-proclaimed money experts that not all life insurance is worth it. In particular, whole life insurance. For instance, if you listen to Dave Ramsey or any of his cohort personalities, they will tell you to only purchase term life insurance. Then there's Laura Adams from the Money Girl podcast you might listen to. She's written several books, including Smart Moves to Grow Rich, in which she states that she prefers term life insurance. She doesn't tell you not to get the other, but she just tells you that she prefers term life insurance. Now, I want to remind you that I am a CPA and I have little training in this area of life insurance, so I'm not advocating any type of life insurance. There are great reps all over the country that you can find that can help you with this subject. But if you're interested in Daphne, you can find her information in the show notes and she can help people across the nation. All right. Are you ready to talk about death? I'm just kidding. Here is my insightful and non-boring conversation with the knowledgeable and delightful Daphne Jones. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get the Balance Right Podcast. I have a great guest today, Daphne Jones, aka the smart money chick. She is a wealthability coach. She's got a really interesting background. Hello. Hello.
1: Hey, it's great to be here, Heather. Thanks for having me.
0: Certainly. Daphne, introduce yourself. How did you get into
1: wealth coaching? Did you have a career before that or? Before getting into wealth coaching, I did some military service in corporate America, about 20 years. And what led on my money journey where I wanted to be of assistance is smack dab in the middle of my peak earning years, I became ill. And then that coincided with the crash in 08. We were in a situation, my husband and I, where all of a sudden there was no income. And when you want to discover if you have any financial wherewithal is when those paychecks stop. They're a salve that fixes everything. You get paid and it fixes everything. And going through that, once you stop being scared, you start reading, you start trying to understand, how did I get here? How do we go from being the standard four two German cars in the driveway to, oh, my God, how are we going to meet house note and pay and eat? That started the journey. And through church and things like that, I wanted to help others to plan for the future because economics is cyclical. That's it. You had, there's boom, bust cycle. Always has been. How do you level those out? How do you even those out? How do you make informed decisions that you know you're making informed decisions? And that's often leads to problems because we don't know that we're not making informed decisions.
0: Thank you for sharing that and being so open. You know, a lot of people can relate to your situation for sure. And, you know, with COVID, it's hit a lot of people very hard and people have had a money awakening, I think, a lot of people. Oh, yeah. You're a wealth ability coach, and you also have a background with life insurance. You're very knowledgeable about that. And life insurance is one of those things that I think a lot of people just don't want to even think about because they think, oh, I have to be dead. I don't care about when I'm dead. Or maybe it's just a kind of a gruesome thing to think about your mortality. Whatever it is, people just don't seem to want to even think about life insurance. But why would someone, now this may be a loaded question, but why would a female entrepreneur, why would
1: they care about life insurance? That is a loaded question.
0: (laughs) Okay, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that.
1: One, we're all human. We all are going to die. We all are going to die. And there are costs associated with death. Now, as human beings, and particularly women, most of them I know, we're connected to other people some way. We're connected through marriage. We're somebody's mom or somebody's sister. We're connected. That's one of the great things about being a woman. We, we connect on multiple levels. And again, there's a cost associated with death. And these people that love you, you're going to leave them holding the bag. Literally. One is they have to we can just get very basic. They have to dispose of the corpse in legal manners. They're going to have to close down your residency. They're going to have to deal with your estate. So how about we make it easy on them as easy as we can? You're already not there. How about we help them out financially? So that's one, just the basic death benefit, which you say the gruesome part. Secondly, particularly if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to leave a business that has to be settled. Are you in a partnership? How is that going to be handled? Did you leave written arrangements or not? Are you in an LLC? Are you in just your basic 50% partnership? There's going to be debt and other things connected with that. And life insurance helps there as far as transition. Is your end going to be purchased out? If you and I are in business, you and I are in business. Our husbands aren't in business. (laughs) But if one of us dies, all of a sudden you're in business with my husband. That wasn't your plan. You're in business with me. That sort of thing. So it helps in transition. Also, as far as retirement planning is concerned, it's a tool within retirement savings. I wouldn't suggest making it your only one because you you should have multiple income streams as you did during your working career. But it also helps in retirement, too. So it's a great savings plan as far as taxes are concerned and things like that.
0: I think there's some confusion about life insurance. So there's two types. There's whole life and there's term. And I think when people think of life insurance, they often think of term life insurance and not whole life insurance. Would you mind just defining what the difference is between those? Sure. The
1: primary division between life insurance is permanent life insurance, which is designed to last your entire life as long as you pay the premium. The second type of insurance is called term insurance. It's literally as it says, it lasts a certain time period, anywhere from five to 30 years, depending on the policy. Its sole purpose is to pay a death benefit at a certain time. They both have uses and they can be interlocking and supporting of each other. That's the primary division. Under the permanent, you have several names. You have whole life that you just mentioned. You have something called index universal life and you also have variable life. And then you also get these little subdivisions where you have like burial insurance, guaranteed issue, things like that.
0: Wow. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't know about that other subset. Mm-hmm. So when people are trying to decide which type of insurance to get. I know with term that's oftentimes given to people as a benefit when they have a job and they get a W-2 wages, but going through this whole process of trying to figure out which is the best type of insurance for their situation and- maybe their health situation, their age. There seems like there's a lot of things to take in consideration. Do they have children? All these different things. When people are starting to decide what type of insurance to have, is that something that is a difficult decision to make? Do you have to have doctors analyze your health? It's not difficult,
1: but I do suggest that you deal with, as you, you brought in all the things that change the tailoring of the policy, gender, sex, How many children are there? Are the children 18 over 18 still in college or are they in their 30s and they don't require anything from mom and dad? It's not difficult, but I do suggest that you deal with a licensed insurance professional. And it's not just tooting my own horn because it is a vast field. So we just talked about the two main divisions of insurance. Life insurance should be a tailored jacket. Because what you require is very different from even what, say, your sister requires. What has been the discussion about leaving a legacy? Maybe I don't want to leave anything for my adult children, but I certainly want to make sure my grandkids go to college. And those are the type of things that you discuss with an insurance professional and to design a plan. And your health does play a part. And so does gender. We can go pretty advanced. It's much like in your business, being a CPA, discussing tax treatment, Of the difference between being a C-corp and staying a general partner.
0: When people are trying to decide I'm going to get whole life insurance, besides speaking with an agent, do they go and have a health test? What is the process with that?
1: Often, most individuals are used to taking some type of physical exam. We call them fluids in the business where there's a blood draw and urine and so forth. Many companies, quite a few, as a matter of fact, are getting away from that. You usually find a necessary for those type of the physical, in a sense, when you're usually with the higher end policies, when you go over a million dollars, those tend to require physicals. But for instance, the majority of companies that I work with when I'm trying to help my clients, they don't require blood and urine. They don't require that now. Some will call forward, but it's a rarity. And that's usually, as I said, when you're trying to insure a client for four or five million dollars, when you go over a million dollars, yeah.
0: Okay, so they're not going to make you
1: go on a treadmill and... No, oh no, they're never that strenuous. (laughs) Even when they do require something, it's your standard blood urine height weight. Something that can be done at home where they actually have nurses that'll come to the home and do a blood draw. Okay,
0: okay. I was imagining being on a treadmill for 10 minutes or something and then, nope, you don't qualify for a whole life insurance. Okay, so here's another thing that I think people are uninformed when it comes to life insurance, and is that the whole life insurance, it's not that you just put the money in and you never see it again. You can actually take a loan against that money. Can you explain how that works?
1: Yes. In permanent insurance, whether it be whole and in cases of index and variable life insurance, there's an account, there's a separate cash account. Now, in whole life insurance, this account is funded by, you have your premium that you pay. Portion of your premium goes to administrative costs, pretty small, and that amount is set. Then there is a cost that says cost of insurance. This is what the actuaries are saying that it's going to cost to insure you. This is why women often pay less than a guy the same age, things of that nature. So once that's calculated in whole life insurance, that cost stays the same. It doesn't change. That's the beauty of it. Going a little bit off subject. That's why whole life insurance is expensive at first in comparison to a term policy. But over time, it's cheaper because that cost stays fixed. Even if you're in a term policy that has a fixed cost, because it has an end date, it's going to be more expensive to insure you at 56 than it was when you bought the policy at 27 when you got married. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. My understanding is that you can get life insurance, I think maybe on a baby that's 15
1: months old or something. Sure, you can buy life insurance as soon as the baby gets here. You can give your grandkid, on literally their birthday life insurance.
0: Oh, okay. So you don't have to wait a little while. That's very interesting. That rate must be extremely small compared to someone like me in my 50s. Oh, yes, yes. Let's just imagine that I had life insurance from the time I was a baby. Mm -hmm. Now it would just keep growing and growing over time. And does this money come from dividends does it come from just growth in the stock market with the
1: traditional whole life insurance policy the cash accrual account is you have a guaranteed interest rate from the insurer and these can go anywhere from some of the older ones i've seen at six percent but let's say two to four percent currently on the market that's guaranteed interest yearly and it compounds if your life insurance policy is with a mutual insurance company mutual omaha is a good example They pay dividends. If the board declares a dividend, then that also goes into that account. And it also compounds at the rate that is guaranteed by the insurer.
0: This sounds more secure than just the stock market because you're guaranteed that percentage. Wow. Okay, that's really great to know. As far as the people that may be listening to this podcast Mm -hmm. or little bit older in life, is it still a viable option to get life insurance late in life? Or is that something that maybe we should play the stock market? Look, what is your suggestion?
1: Again, because what I said previously, because of the guarantee of the death benefit, everyone should have life insurance. We're women of a certain age. So it's not like us getting life insurance when we were 25. Health does play into the cost of life insurance. It does. At this point, to try to use it as, say, a savings or an earnings vehicle, unless you have money that you really want to put in there and you're doing it for a particular reason, like to leave a legacy of some type, you just need basic coverage. Hey, I want 25, 50000 because I want things settled. It's bad enough if I'm gone. I don't want honey worried with this, that, and the other. So he needs to get a check. As an entrepreneur, now, let's say you guys have a growing concern. You have a business that's in the seven figures. In that case, you may need to absorb the cost of getting a policy large enough, because as we said, the policy can be used for me to buy your husband out. You passed. So now he receives this money. I receive your portion of the business, everyone's friends, because I didn't go into business with your husband. Right. But when you're buying insurance like that, then you get tax benefits because it has to do with the business. It's an expense more so than a basic insurance policy. But we'll keep it simple. We'll keep it out of the, the business side and we'll just say, okay, I'm older. I'm 50. Do I need insurance? Yes, you do. Is it going to be a bit more expensive than if I'd have purchased it 20 years ago? Yes, it is. But then we'll adjust the amount of what you need to purchase and death benefit and things like that. Oh,
0: okay, I see. That's really great to know. When someone is looking for someone to work with for life insurance, this is not just something that any Joe Schmo is selling life insurance. You really have to know your stuff. There's a difference between an independent versus
1: a captive agent. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what those terms mean? Independent agent, the first one you mentioned, they can go to multiple companies to find your policy. Through our conversations, we're going to establish what's necessary, what's going on with you health-wise, things of this nature. Then I'm going to go out and find a company that best suits you. And we'll discuss some alternatives. We're going to go out and select the company that way. If I'm a captive agent, the only policies I can offer you are those that are from the company that I'm captive to. The big names are Mutual of Omaha, all state, state Farm. Those guys tend to be captive. Much as when you go there for your homeowner's insurance or car insurance, all they can talk about is the policies that particular company offers, not other companies.
0: Okay, that's great to know. And, and that's something that would be apparent when you work with the agent. You would know that they are a uh, solo I guess you
1: call them like a free agent. Is that independent? independent agent or independent broker? The best thing to do is ask if you're in a doubt, if you're not sure, ask. If you walk into an office and it is clearly branded on the outside, it says State Farm, All States, Farmers. Those guys are captive.
0: You have a guide that we're going to have the links in the show notes.
1: So tell us about the guide and what's in the guide. To give you some general knowledge in one place, where when you start to talk to an insurance professional, you can get an idea of their level of expertise and how they can be of assistance. Just because you pass the exam, it doesn't make you an expert uh, much with the CPA, it's a tough exam, but CPAs are not all built the same. The same thing with insurance agents Likeability and the ability to hold the conversation and actually listen is important too. watch it for the folks that are trying to push certain policies on you or push, things more than what you want, that there should be a back and forth about what you need and so forth.
0: As far as picking someone out, are you licensed in different states or how does that work? Does they have to find someone in their own state? No, I'm
1: licensed in multiple states Okay. because of the way insurance is set up here in the U.S. You can practice in multiple states. There's a reciprocity that I can write insurance in various states.
0: Awesome. Because you're in Texas and we have listeners all over the place. So that's great Mm -hmm. to know. All right. Besides selling life insurance. So now you've gone on to be a wealth coach. That's more of your main focus now. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about why you got into wealth coaching. What is it about it that drew you to it? Besides your experience that you had when you
1: had gotten sick and all of that. Mm -hmm. In talking to clients about life insurance and life insurance is, is important. It's the cornerstone of your financial planning. There are other things that you should do on top of that, because I've talked to clients about an investment mix and so forth and so on. But you really need to start off with life insurance. Even say to the point where, let's say someone, I'll use my nieces and nephews as a prime example, 22, 23 years old, great shape. Life insurance means nothing to them. There's no connection at all because they're 23. You can start them off with a term policy. It's cheap. We'll get you X amount of coverage for 30 years for less than 20 bucks a month. That's how important it is. We need to get something in place and we can build on that and convert later. Because one day you're going to wake up and it's usually when you're married and you're going to look at your spouse and we need life insurance and you need to have something in place at that time. That's the importance of life insurance. As an entrepreneur, there's uses for life insurance. Good example, Walt Disney. Disney used his life insurance twice in his business career. The first time he used it was in the 1930s. Disney Studios was in trouble. He actually took a loan out from his policy to pay his animators to keep the company going. Put the money back in because you're taking a loan from yourself. The second time it came up was doing the construction when they were acquiring the land for Disney World. Used it as collateral for a bridge loan. Those are the things that life insurance does for you while you're still alive. As a matter of fact, most policies will allow you to access a portion of the death benefit while you're still alive if certain medical things occur. So, insurance has multiple uses. Again, because you can take this money out, it grows tax free. You're not taxed when you take it out. So, it's different from 401ks or other qualified accounts that that aren't restricted by age or where you could get fees assessed and have to pay taxes and so forth.
0: Through this process of really understanding this, is this what drew you to wanting to help people with wealth ability coaching? Yes.
1: Yes. Because the first thing you hear is I can't afford life insurance. You can't afford not to have life insurance. You're sitting here with your spouse, you're holding hands, you got the kids running around. no. You've got to have life insurance. And so it's a money mindset. There's abundance out there. And then there's also a need to be prepared for what could possibly occur. Again, the death benefit, ability to access that money. But then there's also the abundance, the growth, that this is a great way to get your money to work for you. You've got compound interest. It grows tax deferred. When you take the profits, we take the growth. It's not taxable that's one of the great things. So to be able to lay points out like that, you and I get it because we deal with money. Even if things were a bit tight, you'd say, I think I want to put X amount of dollars a month into one of these type vehicles. In wealth coaching, you help individuals see a new money story, what their money story is. Why is it stopping them from hitting abundance in helping them work through that.
0: Okay. Wealth ability coach, it's a term. I do money coaching and I help my clients with budgeting and putting together a plan for their business. Is wealthability
1: coaching is it similar? The wealth coaching does involve a basic money management component. Okay. Because that stops you from hitting wealth goals, particularly the debt that Americans tend to accrue, because we tend to accrue consumer debt which is, for lack of a better word, cancerous. Yeah. It's not like accruing debt for cash flowing real estate or something of that nature that is paid by someone else. We pay debt, don't make any money off of it. It's, it's not useful.
0: Or people with student loan debt for uh, studying things that they can't make any money off of either. Exactly,
1: exactly. How we chose to pay for our debt and you can't get rid of it. That component is there, but again, it's how you view money. Is it a lack of or that there's plenty of money out there? And it took a long time for me to understand. And now to help others understand, there's a lot of money out there. And the idea is that you need to get what money you have, which is usually through employment. You need to get it working for you. And you do have money to get working for you. You just don't see it yet.
0: Yeah. I work with my clients with money mindset. To me, that's where it all really starts. Mm -hmm. If you just dive a little bit deeper, you can see where a lot of these issues come from. And it really does help to change someone's behavior if you really understand where their thought process starts. So these are all really great things, Daphne. If people want to work with you, tell us about how
1: they can work with you, where they find you on the socials and all of that. Great. I'm on Instagram, The Smart Money Chick. And a great way also is to go to my website, thesmartmoneychick.com forward slash link tree. You have multiple ways of either setting up an appointment there or downloading my guide and so forth.
0: Awesome. And you also have
1: a podcast. Tell us about your podcast. Yes, my baby. Grown Women, Growing Wealth, the co-host. And my partner and I, Roberta Rivella, we're focused on women of a certain age and helping them make effective use of the tools that they have. Women entrepreneurs, their money and helping them increase sales. Roberta is a sales coach. She's great. She's out of the mortgage industry, 20 plus years. And then with me with a more direct focus on how you're handling your money and investing your money. We just want to speak to women that you can make informed financial decisions and giving them the confidence to do so.
0: That's great. Like I mentioned, we're going to have links to your guide and to your website and your podcast. It'll all be in the show notes. Daphne, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Hey, thank you for having me, Heather. It's great.